The Man Whore Podcast would like to thank The Ass Plate. Don't half-ass your meal. Get 20% off with promo code ASSTOMOUTH at theassplate.com. The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by HotMovies.com. Try out some ethical paid-for porn for free with none of those hidden fees or secret subscriptions when you sign up at HotMovies.com and use the promo code MANHOR. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Manhor Podcast. Shout out to the Fappers, the Wankers, the Clit DJs, and the Pillow Humpers. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. When, when it comes to the realm of blowjobs, it appears that I have been promoted. Uh, yes, you, you right now, listener, person, human, uh, are hearing the voice of the newest moderator of the Random Acts of Blowjobs subreddit. Oh. I'm just I'm just so honored. I'm so excited. I, I, I honestly feel like it is a leadership role I was always meant to have. To dictate who gets to blow who. Who gets who gets to ask for BJs and who don't. I'm about to become fucking just cock drunk with power. And um I was really excited to get that notification on Reddit. And then I went to go take a look at the sub. I haven't been on the sub in a while because, well, you know, you know, you know why. So I'm being fucking responsible over here, but we're going to get to that in a second. So I went to go just see the state of the sub and pinned at the top. There was another post from that day. Um, Coronavirus closed down. She wrote, hello, fellow fellatio enthusiasts. I am shutting down the subreddit temporarily. We all have a duty and obligation to stay at home and quarantine during these times. This includes not meeting up with random people for sex. I hope you can understand this decision in these trying times. We hope to open back up three to four weeks from now. The majority of our users are Americans and they need to stay the fuck home. Uh, as soon as I got notified that I was to become a moderator, I the first thing I was going to bring up is, hey, we should like not let people keep posting to fuck each other right now, right? We are not supposed to be off having first dates right now. We are not supposed to be off uh, hitting up the occasional fuck buddy right about now. Every day I log on Reddit, you know, my front page that's curated for me, keeps showing me brand new personal ads, and it drives me fucking crazy. I'm holed up here in Jersey City at my girlfriend's crib, and, you know, I'm seeing in the, in, in the New Jersey Swingers subreddit, you know, being like, hey, who's interested? No, lady, nobody. Nobody should be interested right now. Everybody's interested in staying the fuck home, I hope. Like, quarantining is the new fluid bonding. I mean, if you're quarantining with someone and you are on effective birth control, honestly, there's really no need to use condoms right now. I feel like if you're home, you can get away because, you know, that's that's the level of seriousness quarantining is. It's just as serious as fluid bonding. 
And I'm I'm all I also know I'm in a privileged position to say that because I get to come inside someone. So I'm just saying, people, I it's I know we're horny and I know we want intimacy and we crave touch and all that shit, but survival genes need to start kicking the fuck in here. And don't open Tinder, even though Tinder and Bumble keep fucking yelling at me like, hey, come see who likes you. Not now, Cheryl. So anyways, quit finding new people to fuck for a little while. And that's coming from the guy whose catchphrase is stay slutty. No one is is more excited to get an anonymous internet blowjob when all this is over than yours truly. But I'm saying chill the fuck out. Whereas my my girlfriend says... uh, Stick to the holes you know. I like that one. Before I get to my guest this week, uh, Taylor Leanne Chandler, let's do the fan whore appreciation moment. Okay. This is the part of the podcast where I like to give a shout out to some of the members of my fan whore community on Patreon. And honestly, hanging out with my patrons online has been like a highlight of this whole quarantine thing um thank you to uh, all of y'all not just for helping me keep the lights on but for uh keeping me sane and letting me hang out with you guys uh almost every day uh, so i hope you've uh, been having fun partaking in those group activities but right now some individualized care and comfort i want to give a shout out to anthony uh who is Actually, my fastest deleted pledge, I think, of all time, because uh, I think he only lasted for about an hour. Probably needs to work on the stamina a little bit. Hey, we appreciate every dollar. We just wish you would have hung, around, hung out with us a little longer. It would have cost the same amount. Uh, but thank you, Anthony. Shout out to Jennifer Davidson, um, whose Pinterest is really mostly different braided hairstyles and you know, we all need to have hobbies in such troubling times. We, we appreciate you stopping by the members' room. Um, oh, this next one. This next one's like an OG fan whore. This one, she's actually been like an unofficial member of the community for so long. But we're so stoked and psyched that we finally officially got Bootsy. Bootsy, baby cake. She's back in the peep show. We love seeing her there. Um, thanks for being a member, sweetie, and thanks for being such an awesome fan. And I also want to give a shout out to Steve and his wife, who uh, have become like peep show all-stars. Keep sharing, keep fucking, keep having fun, you two. And you too, person listening right now, can become a member. Yes, you can join us in these uh, exclusive sex-positive discussion groups like the Champagne Room and the Peep Show. Yes, you too can gain access to nearly 200 bonus episodes of the Manhor Podcast. Yes, you too can join our efforts to reach 600 members to celebrate six years of the Manhor Podcast by April 16th. Oh gosh, that's really all I want. That's what I want during this month of April, during this quarantinement. I want that screenshot showing 600 fan whores celebrating six years of this show on april 16th my six-year anniversary i think we could do it i think you can help me get there so become a member right now it's just two dollars visit patreon.com slash man podcast that's patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash man podcast and now for this week's guest taylor leanne chandler oh Taylor, uh, it was so fun to chat with. I actually stayed with her in her her Maryland home uh, the last night of my road trip. 
So we did some podcasting, did some whiskey drinking, stayed up pretty late talking, to be honest. Uh, we talked for hours, both on mic and off, and she's a fantastic woman. You know, it, her her public notoriety, of course, begins with being outed as um, a lover of Michael Phelps. But she has uh, since then become her own person, her own brand, her with her own skills and talents and offerings. So I hope you all enjoy my conversation with uh, Taylor Leanne Chandler. And if you dig it, hey, tomorrow we got a bonus episode for uh, with her coming out on Patreon where she will share all of her seven ex-husbands with us. Like... Like if Scott Pilgrim had a sequel where we just like went to his mom's relationship history. Yeah. I don't know that I could. I'm so jealous. I, I think a common misconception. There I am. A common misconception about like non-monogamy or poly people or whatever is that we don't get jealous. Like we get jealous. We just talk about it though. So, you know, it's not that jealousy means that you can't do poly. It's, it's like how you communicate. Cause jealousy is kind of a, that's a you problem almost in a way. Um, and jealousy, I, I view it as a secondary emotion, like anger. It's like, well, why are you jealous? Am I feeling unsexy today? Am I feeling, um, jealous? Cause I'm not getting enough time with my significant other. Uh, it's some, do I, you know, do they have a history that I've always been uncomfortable with? Why am I jealous? Cause it's, it's not just a jealousy doesn't kind of come out of nowhere. And then if I can communicate that, think about it, process it, um, maybe talk about it with my partner if it's required, uh, I think those are all the healthier ways to deal with that. Because um, monogamous people get jealous mm-hmm. and poly people get jealous. So I think whether, I mean, no matter your relationship model, we should all be talking about it. Uh, and not, instead of just getting into a big old fight, be like, I can't believe you're texting her. You're texting her again. Say, I don't care if you're monogamous or non-monogamous. That's not a healthy way to bring up that topic of, I am uncomfortable with you texting this person, and now let's unpack why. So do you partake of people together? Um, or that's are you saying, not are you part asking of... if we fuck people together? Yeah. Uh, we have. We, we go to play parties on occasion. Um, we've had a threesome or two with this one gal that we know. Um yeah, mixed situations. Now, what if she wanted two guys? Uh, yeah, sure. Like, that's fine. I, it wouldn't be the first time I've had a two guy, one girl threesome. Wow, you're an interesting dude. Oh, I find uh, Taylor Chandler. I find you to be an interesting lady. We're just <laughs> a couple interesting people on microphones here. <laughs> yes, we are. How long have you been with your uh, your husband? Almost two years, but married since June of last year. So, like, quick. Yeah, I, I'm like that, though. Yeah. Um, I I go into relationships rather freely. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I don't know how to date. I, I meet someone, I like them, tunnel vision, and, you know, God forbid we sleep together, then we're, I'm picking China patterns. I mean, God forbid you slept together. Such a terrible thing, apparently. Well, the funny thing is, if I make somebody wait, I really like them. Uh-huh. If I am quick to have sex, they're just exercise or <laughs> sexual exercise? Yeah. <laughs> just make sure I still got that move. I'm working I'm working on a new sex move for the real thing, you know. 
<laughs> just trying to work on how to get that wiggle right. Uh, he, this guy doesn't matter. He's just practice for my next husband type of thing. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I've been married seven yeah. times. And seven? Yes. See, now when you Google, there's only two pop up. <laughs> yeah, but there's really seven. Oh. Like if you dig, you'd find out about the rest. I've talked about it from time to time. Um, but they all weren't legit marriages. Some of them weren't consummated. Some of them were you marriages of convenience. Like I never slept with them. You got married with people before sleeping with them? Yeah. D- d- do tell me more. I went to evangelical Christian school growing up. I was okay. raised by grandparents. So ironically enough, sex-wise, I'm, I'd almost say I'm prudish, which sounds so crazy thinking of all the things I've done. But... Yeah. And and when you say you want to make people wait, wait, you know, is that coming from the evangelical upbringing or what? No, I do think you still it's, hold on to that value. I think it's for me it's partly I feel like if they're willing to wait, they really like me, but I've learned that some men can be so strategic and wait or they're dipping somewhere else while they're waiting sure. for you. Have you also learned that there are some people who can sleep with you right away and like you? Yeah. I had one I one relationship was like that that I didn't marry. Um, <laughs> met him at a club during a hurricane in Florida. Um, he wanted to leave with me that night. I said no, came over the next day, and we were literally together for 18 months from that day forward. 18 months? Jeez, that's, yeah. that would that would have been my third longest relationship. I'm also working on longevity. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. Wait, and so... Because we live in an instant gratification world, and so when there's just so many people to date now, and it's so easy to get online and swipe, that why would you stick with something that's complicated? But well, you still you still ended up choosing probably one of the more complicated ones from the swiping. <laughs> uh, true. Well, my husband, he I swiped left like nine times before I actually let him through. Uh, how did he keep coming up? I have no. I- Let's ask Tinder what, what their yeah, was, algorithms are all Tinder about. Like, no, 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 you really should try this one out. He's got great reviews. I think it resets seriously because you see some of the same they, people. They Even when I've had age restrictions, people that didn't fit into them still got into my feed. Where? Do, how do you set your age restrictions? Like, well, like I'm do, not do, on do, Tinder anymore. Okay, but like, <laughs> oh, sorry, were you filtering out younger folk or older folk? Kind of both. Um, when I was single, I attracted two kinds of people. Either they were 28 to 32, mm. or they jumped and could have been my granddaddy. Like, my age and in the middle just never happened. Oh, I meant like, so you like don't even, you you see a 24-year-old and you don't even look twice. Oh, that's not true. <laughs> I like him young. My husband's seven years younger than me. Nice. Obviously, most of my relationships have been with people dramatically younger than me. Yeah? Wait, how much younger is Michael? 12 years younger than me. How old is he? He's, I'm 47, so to, he's 30. To now me, you're getting me to do math, 34. To me, to me, it just always seemed weird. Like when you like when you deal with professional athletes, it's always weird to remember how old they actually are. Like you see someone win the Super Bowl and they're actually 23. And I think like, wow, I was a dumb 23-year-old and I know a lot of dumb 23-year-olds. Uh, how is he? You know, like you, like you, it almost depresses you to realize like they've achieved this much at this point in time. And, like, I still have three roommates. <laughs> well, see, the weird thing is when I met him, he was retired. 
His oh, life was, that, was, was very that after, boring. That was after the initial swell of medals. Yeah, like he gra- he graduated. He retired in 2012 after what Beijing. Okay. And so then he was out of the limelight. Like him and I connected mainly over horses and our relationships with our father. Like but to the world that's probably boring. But that was what we connected over. Well, well, let, we'll get. Let's get to Michael in a little bit. I, I didn't realize there were seven marriages. <laughs> I would have uh, written seven in a bigger thing in the car. <laughs> Wait, so who? Let's start with what was the what was the first husband? The first one I never used to consider because prior to being Taylor, my name was Paige Victoria Whitney. Okay, that I had changed it to that too. And I married Robert when I was 19. Why, why'd you change it to Paige? Um, well, I changed that as a minor. I didn't like my birth name very much. Um, but then I made such a mess of that name, I had to get rid of it. You made a mess of the name? Yes. If oh I ask God. around Florida, they'd be like, oh, I remember Paige Winters. She uh, she burned down the liquor store and fucked my husband. I was like, what, what, kind of, well, what are we talking about? How'd you ruin your... It just, I lived, I've always done whatever I wanted to do, but like marrying Robert, he was part of a crime syndicate family. Um, Nothing in my life is ever normal. It's always dramatic. And that's why I think things now are good because they're more normal. But I wanted, I was in a weird situation. I wanted protection because people that know me know that when I was 18 turning 19, I got in trouble for extorting from someone. Well, I spent 33 days in jail because I couldn't, I didn't want to tell my family what happened. So was it I, the first husband that you were extorting or somebody else? No, 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 somebody else. But when I went to jail, even though my ID said female, my birth certificate said female, they stuck me in a, a cell with men. Why is that? Because I hadn't had all the surgery yet. All right. And so in my cell, there was Robert, who I ended up marrying. There was- That's a meet cute. There was John LaRue, who I ended up like dating the whole time I was in jail, who's now a convicted murderer in prison. Multiple murders, might add. Like I said, my life's drama. You had a jail boyfriend, and then when you got out, you married- the, the Robert's the first one? Well, there was three men. One raped me. Did you marry? Me. Oh, okay. Sorry. That was a bad time. Then. No, 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 no. I was going to say, did you marry all of them? And then you say, one raped me. I'm like, oh boy, I hope not. No, I was in love with one, but it was circumstance. Okay. Like, I mean, I was raised privileged with grandparents. Like, there was nothing about John that was in my stratosphere, but he was just cute. And I liked the way he made me feel. And I felt safe. I never left my cell the whole time I was in there. And wait, how, and, but how did the officers even? I, I guess we should clarify like you are intersex. Mm-hmm. But I also identify as trans okay. because I'm not the sex I was given at birth. Mm-hmm. And that's the umbrella term of transgender. I mean, it's not the same as trans or transsexual. Transgender is just an umbrella term. And, I, I, and this is one I'm even very ignorant on. Um, what is intersex? It can be a lot of different things. For me, it's what was called mosaic, meaning that I had ambiguous genitalia and I possessed male and female reproductive parts. Mm. But for some people, 
there's like 55 variations plus of gender on that spectrum. Because I think some people hear intersex and they just think like hermaphrodites. See, exactly. But to be a true hermaphrodite is very rare. Um, to have functional both female and male parts. Yeah. Um, we don't use that term anymore because gotcha. when we think of it, it's like you think of the circus and or people lock them away or do we not use it as an umbrella term or do we not even use it for the people it actually would apply to we don't use it at all anymore it's not politically correct like four million other things these days um because it's a derogatory term when you think of someone that's a hermaphrodite i always think of like the circus or Mm. a freak or you know there was we just were like the fringe of society at the time. And a lot of intersex people didn't know they were intersex until puberty. Some didn't know till they were dead and an autopsy was done. Because it could just be like internal stuff. Correct. You know, you could, you... The most common one is someone that doesn't have ovaries, but has embedded testes, but they're a girl. Mm. So what happens is when they hit hor- um, hormones like puberty, their body doesn't know how to process it. Mm. Or it's like some people, it's just like, I, I think I've read like, can it, just, it can just be like chromosome stuff. So yes. you like would just really not know. I'm XX and XY. Mm-hmm. So I have chromosomes that are XX and I have some that are XY. So no matter what I do to myself physically, I will scientifically always be male and female. The, like you can't like look at someone and tell they're intersex. Like you sometimes. Uh, yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes their genetics are very one way or the other and say they live as a girl, but they look like a boy or they look like a boy, but they're a girl. Like, mm-hmm. And what do you mean by like like certain types of features that they yes. like? Like if you, when you think of, when I think of intersex people, like back when I was younger, they were bizarre looking. Hmm. I mean, they the ones that were public, they picked someone that epitomized the stigma of what people think versus most of the time we look like anybody else. There's a lot more intersex people than people think because we live stealth. There's Mm. no reason to be out. Yeah, it it really doesn't seem like it would be anyone's business. And and then when it comes to like the genitalia involved, I, I mean, I guess like I don't see why that matters to anyone other than who you're fucking. And a lot of intersex people don't believe in, like they have problems when I say I was corrected or I had surgery because most intersex people that are, advocating at a national level they believe that they are who they are and there's nothing wrong with that and a lot of gender mutilation surgery happens to infants so they fit in a binary world and so a lot of intersex people before they even had the ability to talk a lot of really mad bad things were done to them so when did you uh find out that you were intersex right around 12 all right. And is that, did your parents already know? Was it a thing where like you're not getting your period and people are like, oh, what's going on? Or- uh uh-uh. uh. They, the doctor did surgery on his own accord and didn't tell my, my parents. My mother died when I was three months old and my dad gave me oh, to geez. his parents to raise. And I had lots of surgery as a child because I didn't pee right. And I took medicine, but I didn't really know what it was for. You were being raised as a, which gender? Or- I, I initially was um, identified as male and given a male name. Okay. 
Um, but then as soon as I could walk and talk, I was very clear. I didn't say I wanted to be a girl. I just knew I was. And I that's how I acted. I didn't know the difference until I went to nursery school and they wanted to line up girls here and boys here. And they told me I was in the wrong line. I'm like, no, I'm not. Okay. It was that simple for me. Like I knew who I was and I wasn't going to be anything I wasn't. So I transitioned as a child. I, But I was as tomboyish as I was girlish. So I liked Legos as much as I liked Barbie. Mm. Um, I didn't fall one way or the other. I wasn't ultra prissy, but I wasn't like, but I wasn't afraid to like get dirty and play. And then how would your, uh, your grandparents raise you mm -hmm. and how, how they handle this from the beginning? Cause like they, you know, your grandparents are like, you know, uh, world war two era born folk. Like they, this is a very different time. Like <laughs> I don't expect them to understand anything. It was ugly because I felt betrayed by everybody involved because they knew something was going on and there was something different about me, but no one told me that. So I grew up always being made to feel like there was something wrong with me and I resented them for it. And when I was genetically tested and all this stuff started happening, my whole life made sense for the first time. Mm -hmm. And it caused a riff with my family. I left um, at 15. I took him to court. I emancipated from my father and my grandparents. Um, I wanted nothing to do with them. Mm -hmm. And like 30 days later, my grandfather died. My family blamed me because he was the apple of my, I was the apple of his eye. And once I was gone, he was older. His health deteriorated so quickly. And, you know, a lot of demons from my childhood, but a, I felt very betrayed. And uh, how did that factor into your sexuality and dating life as you were hitting like college and such? I always knew I liked boys. Um, I never identified as gay or anything like that, even before I had surgeries. Um, I just knew, I used to say I was a girl that was like in a book where you circle what's wrong with the picture. Um, <laughs> what, what, like, uh, like, the, the, like well, what doesn't belong here? Right. Right. And the, if it, I'm, and, and Sammy, I'm sorry for this like way too intimate question, but I think when we think about trans people, we think um, even a binary in genitalia. So we think like, oh, this person had, uh, has a, as a pussy or they have a cock and that's it. And we're just thinking that. Um, when you say you were mosaic, is, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If the, look, this is a topic I don't even really know anything about and what's even untoward. Did you have two different types of genitalia? I had I no testes, but I had no ovaries. I had ovarian and testicular tissue. Mm -hmm. um, my, I, at some point, I have I had stitches, so at some point they sewed something up, and the saying in the seventies was, "What was easier, sew a hole or make a pole?" Oh, and okay. so um, I had a penis, but it's just the whole thing of it didn't make sense. And the way I'd explain it to people is, if I took your penis from you you wouldn't automatically think you're a girl. You'd just right. be a guy without a penis. If I put your penis on your girlfriend, she wouldn't all of a sudden become a man. She'd be a girl that happened to have a penis. No one looks between their legs to know who they are. 
And a doctor can just choose right there and just be like, I'm just going to, so like, I'm assuming sewed up what was supposed to be a vagina. Or- I'm guessing. I mean, ambiguous yeah. genitalia is just that. So I probably will never know the, the doctor that um, helped my mother give birth to me um, is passed. And by the time all this came into my life, he was dead. And 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 is it still today, twenty twenty, legal to for them to do this in a lot of places? Yes. So it's a state by state thing. Um, in the U.S., it's more frowned upon, but you go to foreign countries, they will go so far as to kill someone that's like me, Jesus. just because they don't fit in a binary world. We live in a world where people want male or female, when in reality we're all so differentiated on that spectrum well, and there's you, nothing wrong with that. And so, and so then fast forward, you're, you're extorting a fella for some monies. I wanted my surgery. When I left yeah. home, I lost insurance. And so everything that I did was out of my own pocket. And at the time, this ties into the whole first marriage and everything. I was privy to information that involved then governor of Maine some pretty important people that ran businesses throughout Old Orchard, Bitterford, Saco, Maine. I was at parties and I used that information to try to blackmail at this person. And the type of parties I might go to in Brooklyn or are we just talking probably, about parties? Um, Taylor. Typical parties where rich men okay. um, partake in the things that rich men like. I hope it's not a Jeffrey Epstein-like party because uh, no, no, I can't no, no, see no, no. the red no. dot of the sniper coming through your window. God, no. <laughs> I, I just want to take this opportunity to say Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. No, Exactly. <laughs> um, but no. Um, so so the, the this first fella was not one of the husbands? Rob, or, no, 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 no. He sorry. wasn't, but that's what triggered everything. That's what put me in jail. That's what made Robert happen and what made me marry Robert was I was fearful that people were afraid I would tell the things I knew. Sure. And these were, for main standards, these were some pretty nasty, badass people. Okay. And then... And I was young, so how much of this was in my head versus reality, I'll never know the answer to. But I know the things I was privy to and what I saw, and it wasn't pretty. I mean, is there, I mean, is the governor of Maine now passed? Um. Well, I'm not going to say which one it was. Okay. Okay. Well, then, uh, then, and then, who's? What do we have for husband number two? Number two is the first one that I married out of love. Okay. And there's a big gap. I got married to Robert at 19, but I didn't marry Leroy until I was 28. All right. What were you doing in your 20s? Um dating a lot, got yeah. engaged a lot, but I never got married. Rushing into some things, I see. I uh, I always felt like if I didn't have a commitment, a piece of paper, a ring, they could leave me, which well, is that, so naive. Well, it's interesting that like you say, the first thing you said is like, if I didn't have commitment, I think, well, like you don't have to get married or anything to have commitment, but you jump to like, I need the f- tangible, f- I need a physical commitment. I need something real. And then part of me thinks like, I don't know, I feel like a, a really expensive piece of artwork or buy a house, a dog. A dog's a good thing. That's a commitment. That's a stepping stone commitment. Uh, well, I think as women were trained that we need a man, like back when I was young, my grandmother wasn't Florence. She was 
Mrs. Georgie Fitch. Right. You know, women were, no matter how educated they were, they were identified by who they were married to and how well they married. My grandparents educated me to marry well, yeah. not because they thought I was going to cure cancer or something. Yeah, Wouldn't no, that be nice, your, though? Your identity, you don't have an identity outside of the marriage, and even today we're still trying to work on like not saying Ashton Kutcher's wife, Mila Kunis, but rather actor Mila Kunis. Uh, she's you know what? I really don't like him anymore after like reading him? Demi Moore's book. He seemed like she'd been clean and sober for 20 years. It was because of him. Literally, I know it sounds terrible, and this is her side. He probably has a side, too. But he wanted her to be more fun, and there was an age difference. So she got pregnant, miscarried at like six months, um, started drinking because he's like, why can't you enjoy a glass of wine or champagne and have fun with me? Mm. Well, that just led her down a slippery slope to where she ended up in a house doing more than just drinking. And for three years, her daughters didn't even talk to her. Mm. She lost Ashton. But Ashton had already checked out. He cheated on her twice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these are very public cheats at the time. So husband number two, how'd you meet him? The first one you married for love? I met him at a gas station in Jacksonville. I was visiting very Jacksonville. Romantic. Well, I'm from Florida. I grew up in Florida. Um, I, meant the, I meant the gas station part. Right. <laughs> and, well, Men used to always flirt. It seemed like if I was no makeup, bummy, workout clothes, looking my worst, that's when I'd always meet somebody. <laughs> and so then I always wondered, why do we do all these things as women when men typically are just happy when we show up? I think we do it for other women. Yep. Um, because obviously men are not usually the focus of tr saying, Oh, baby, beat your mug. Oh, do your hair. Like, yeah, take the, two hours to get ready. At the same time, there's this thought process of, like, you just said yourself, I'm shocked that when I don't have all that stuff on, men are into it. So there's still some level of it that seems to be for other men, even if it's, like, for yourself via the other men's attention. Um, well, part of it is, would, would you want to date someone that no one else is interested in? Um. Ideally, I don't care whether people think about the person I'm into. I I, try to, a, I try to focus on like, am, I'll put it this way. When I was in my earlier 20s, when I was in my early 20s, that was definitely a factor. There was one person I was kind of into where I was a little nervous. Like, oh, geez, can I bring around the, the comedy shows? What, what are the other guys going to think? Because like, I thought she was super sexy, but I was nervous other people wouldn't think that. But now I believe like, what the, what the fuck do I care? Um, I think my girlfriend's a total babe. A lot of other people do too, but it's also should it, it doesn't and shouldn't matter to me if other people think she's a babe. I need to think she's a babe. Do that's, you love her? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's so sweet. I'm into it. I mean, it's been eight months. If uh, I learned my lesson the, the the hard way, if I withhold the uh, feeling love thing when I'm trying to, it does not go well. Uh, I I took an embarrassing long time to tell one ex of mine I loved her, and that was a problem. Uh, yeah, no, I love her, and she's uh, she's great. She allegedly loves me too. It's pretty nice. <laughs> well, that's good. So you met this dude in a, in a gas station? <laughs> and he was in the military and he represented the life I wanted. Like fence, two kids. Like I just saw that world with him. And at the time I was still doing sex work. 
Oh, you you were escorting back then? Uh-huh. That's how oh, I paid for everything. I didn't know this. It wasn't in any of the, the articles I read. Yeah. yeah. I've talked about it here and there, but not a, a whole lot. Um, just because I don't want people to get caught up in the the details. But what we've seen is that uh, any any article involving you always has some sort of unnecessary SEO keyword in the, in oh, the headline. Oh, God, yes. Uh, I, saw, I saw one headline that I was like, wow, as a, as a former editor of a news website – I I know exactly why the headline was written that way. And I was like, it's written very well for that purpose, but it's kind of shitty because it was like it had the keywords were like Michael Phelps, inter, uh, I think, intersex or trans woman. I think it said trans woman, said Michael Phelps and said Secret Service employee. And I was like, well, these are just a bunch of intersecting uh, SEO terms. And you know not what? I know to... what article just yeah, from that. Exactly. It was Hollywood life. Yeah. And it's just like, but like <laughs> a lot of the stuff was on this, like all the, all the headlines that said, like, um, even the more mainstream ones that said like Michael Phelps intersex sex girlfriend or something. It was like the intersex part really has nothing to do with anything. It'd be like if you were bisexual and they said his bisexual girlfriend, but like, what does that have to do? Like, there's no editorial value to it. You know, the crazy part is if people and they will at some point soon knew my life He's like a a small blip in a really mm. crazy life I've had, and Seven I'd always pretty crazy. I'd I've always dated high profile people, okay. um, athletes, celebrity. That's not uncommon to me. Um, so, because people are like, "Why would you date someone that was in the public eye?" Well, first of all, he was retired. He really wasn't. He didn't. People weren't he really following got him back around in the, in the public eye because he got a DUI. Yes. And the, <laughs> two people paid for the DUI, me and him. Yeah. That's when people wanted to know who I was. They yeah. saw me leave his house. My car was parked there for three days. Um, and I was a sign language interpreter, so my credentials are with the state. So they finally got my name. At first, I was a model type. Then I was a cougar. And then on November 19th, 2014, um, I was born a man mm. and i always think when i hear that my mother's poor uterus yeah. you know that would have tore her apart well you you came out at, and again my timeline might be off but i tell me if i'm if i got it right timeline is like you were dating michael or were you did you guys just have like a hookup no th people have tried to make it seem like that well i'll put this way I've in seen, the articles I, in the articles i've seen both i've seen like ex-girlfriend and i've seen like one-time fling so it was I, he's I did never um he's never acknowledged or denied yeah that's he what said made, nothing was it a fling or was it a like a longer relationship um what was going on i guess it, we'll, we'll skip husbands three through uh three through six <laughs> it was it was it was new and the thing what i really liked him we mm. clicked we got along so well we we were nerds like we would watch like um jimmy fallon videos we would watch what happens when you match well let me put it this way when you first swiped on him did you know who you were swiping on or did you not realize it till i recognized match could... well i recognized that he was at a grandstand he was at a horse race okay. in the picture that he used as his default i don't really i didn't really follow swimming but i knew who he was but i didn't believe that was him um it wasn't until we started talking on the phone I ran his phone number and it matched his name. Oh, really? So he was trying to, so is he trying to play off the whole thing like he's not famous? 
he never really brought it up in the beginning. Right. So, so you, but like, what is it? What is a, a, an Olympic athlete open with? Um, <laughs> you know, it's we believe it or not, we talked about horses, and you know, he had just gotten, um, he he owns thoroughbreds okay. and races them. My dad's a harness racing jockey, but and then our relationships with our father, it it was so normal the way we went into a relationship. We hadn't said girlfriend, boyfriend, or any of that. You were in early stages of yes. courtship. And I only started sleeping with him a few weeks before he got the DUI. Breaking I'd your taken rule. it to the next level. Breaking your rule. And <laughs> you know, that turned into I don't know how they got it, but that I we had sex during halftime at a Baltimore Ravens game. At the game? Yeah. Where? Well, at Ravens Stadium. Well, but yeah, but like where? In the box? Well, the thing was, if they'd done their homework, it was an away game. We would have been the only two fucking people there. <laughs> okay, well, wait, so where, where'd y'all do it at a Ravens game? We didn't. Oh, oh, you're saying that there was a report of that, but then actually happened? Oh, my God. There's tons know. of it. Um, if I had his money, I would figure out a way to be able to fuck at a stadium. I, could, I, I would figure out who I should bribe to block off this area for, you know. He's very sexually fluid. Um if he'd wanted to do that at a stadium, I probably would have. Okay. <laughs> um, there would have been a thrill about being in such a public place and maybe getting caught. Okay, but y'all had your early days of courtship and then he gets the DUI. When he left, after the DUI, when he left to go to rehab, that night before he got on the plane, I want to say it was October 5th, 6th of 2014, uh-huh. I literally said to him, Whatever this is between us, is it ruined? Because some stories had started coming out, but not about my past. And just that he's having because he wasn't was he with somebody at the time? Or? No, he had broken up with Win McMurray. Okay. Um, but I learned while he was in rehab, there were other women. Sure. Um, and I guess it's just I don't know. I. Sometimes I think I was naive, and I think because of him getting the DUI, it put it stalled our relationship in this euphoric what could have been mm. that became materialized because he was gone. I went through a month of media with him, him in rehab, and you'd only been dating him how long? I'd been dating at him. I started dating him in the middle of August, and he got the DUI September 30th. Right. So y- y'all are like in that stupid, drunk love, come love, euphoric. Like it's, you, euphoric's a great word to pick for that. It's like you're in that, cr- the newest of new relationship energy. And Everything's awesome because it's clicking, and the sex is probably the best it's going to be for a long period of time. It was the best I'd ever had for mm. the simple reason because of who he was, he took me out of my own head. No one else had been able to do that. What do you mean by that? I've always felt like I had secrets, like I was keeping, well, I did keep stuff. Is the intersex the secret or are there other secrets? That's the big one. That's the big one. But I never told people. Like It wasn't until all this hit the fan that those husbands found out, (laughs) that my exes found out. And out of all the people in my life, only two walked away. Because practically speaking, like there's no, like no one would be the wiser type no. of thing. No, have pussy will travel. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so this guy you're you just started dating, 
I mean, just started dating, gets a DUI, which already, I think a lot of people go, that's a red flag. Uh, and it, but he also happens to be Michael fucking Phelps. And what, what was, so was the order of events like media finds out he's dating someone and then they find out who your name. Now, where does you came out? You posted about being intersex. Was that because you were anticipating they would figure that out too? I already knew. Um, I had a two week lead that they were going to tell my story with or without my cooperation. I made the. How'd they find out? Someone from my past sold me out. Okay. Um, and I made. Do you the, know who? I do. And and are y'all not friends anymore? They're so? in prison. Oh, for murder. Oh, one of the one of the one of the guys from that night. Well, well, you know a lot of you know a lot of felons. I do. You Florida bitches are you <laughs> roll with quite the crew. So, um, I don't. It was just different with him because at forty-one, which is what I was at the time, I. Sex was always something I did to keep a man, something I did because I felt obligated. It Because of my past and being born in a body at war with itself, because I um, did sex for a living for almost seven years, wow. sex wasn't what it should be for me. It wasn't this intimacy that most people experience. I mean, I faked orgasms my entire life. Mm. All of a sudden with him because he's Michael fucking Phelps, um, it took me out of my own head. And for him to love me and love my body and every part of it was just unreal to me. It took me somewhere I'd never been, and I didn't have to fake anything with him. It's interesting you say, like, the love in your body. I mean, did, were you at odds with what your body looked like? I had a car accident in 2001, so I have scars from head to toe. Okay. That's what I'm self-conscious of, not, quote-unquote, my yeah, womanhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, the media took that. They took, they've taken every statement I've ever made and edited it to be what would sell or what would create clickbait. And again, especially before when, again, it, it as someone who has been in the job of those editors who have to, um, you know, make those headlines or direct writers, editorially, you being intersex has nothing to do with the story. There's nothing there. It doesn't do anything. Like now, where would it provide value? Let's say you were you were banging an anti queer senator. Okay, that now it might now it serves editorial value because uh, you got somebody who's doing is doing one thing here and one thing someplace else. But it, there's nothing. There's no reason to have to do it. It doesn't provide anything. It only sensationalizes something that doesn't matter, which and seemed really shitty to me. It was, and everything I felt or. I had a crisis management team, but I underdid everything they were trying to do. Um, and so I lived out my pain, my happiness, my hurt, everything very publicly. Mm. And it was a train wreck. And, you know, the hardest part is normally when you break up with someone, you don't see them anymore. Sure. They're not part of your life. He's everywhere. Yeah. And even if I don't see it, someone always feels the need to tell me what he's doing, what he said. Or if he's in the news, it brings up the old articles or they ask me for a soundbite. Yeah. Um, and I used to fall for all that stuff because 
you know, no one ever talks about it, but it's kind of cool when the world's kind of in love with you. And then it really sucks when they drop you. And then all of a sudden you're like scum under their foot. At the same time, though, what did it feel like to put that statement out there, the, the, the coming out? Well, the timeline of that was I knew that the National Enquirer was going to break the story. I cooperated with them, but what actually came out was edited to be the story they wanted it to be. What story did they want it to be? The headline read, Michael Phelps' girlfriend was born a man. Which is not... Not right. even close yeah. to the truth. And then in the article, it talks about intersex and what that means, the intersex society of North America. It goes through all the statistics. It's just ridiculous, the headlines people used. Um, but, you know, where was I going? I lost my... Well, I, was, I was asking... Oh, so, the like, time. You, you, you put out this statement in a way that almost jumped the gun or self... So I what I did was I told... Correcting. I told friends and family, what was getting ready to happen. I came out to my closest girlfriends, um, some guy friends. I just divorced husband number six. He, his family didn't know his daughter who I love didn't know. He flew home from Afghanistan. We told his family because I didn't want certain people to hear this the way it was coming. Did you tell Michael? I did. And how did he react? This is of course, again, before, the National Enquirer piece? I honestly don't know his initial reaction. Well, because to, to you. I mean, like, you tell I don't him. know. Oh, okay. Because he was in rehab. Drew from Octagon, his management company, who was supposed to be there for me the whole time and protect me, per Michael, wouldn't connect us. And mm-hmm. so I had to tell him in a letter. Like a mail letter? Like you wrote? Do we do we still do letters? Do we know? Does well, the post I did office it, still work? I don't I even did, know. If I did you're email. I, don't know I if did we're snail able to. <laughs> mail. I did everything. Okay. And, um, you know, I had contact with him after he got out of rehab, and I can assure you that he never had a problem with anything that came to light. Sure. Um, there's things about him that, if the world, oh my, whatever. You know, it's keep going. It's just so I did this Facebook post like a couple days before the article was coming out, and I made it public because I wanted to take the wind out of the sails of the National Enquirer. Probably the biggest mistake I ever made. One thing I've learned is you cannot redeem yourself in the media, you just can't because they're going to print whatever angle they want a story to be. Um, they're going to make you out to be whoever they want you to be. But there's what was the feeling to to hit post to after you've told your closest people something you've been holding back from people for a long time, um, you know, all your life that you've known. What did it feel like to finally hit post on that? Initially, it was exciting, but scary. And then it was really scary because people that I dated were like, what the fuck? You know, why didn't you tell me this? And, you know, oh, cause it doesn't matter. It like, and then do you like my pussy then it's the same now. So what does it matter? <laughs> well, then it got to the point of, are you going to talk about me publicly? Are you going to say we dated? And 
those kind of things hurt. Um, like I said, only two people walked away. And unfortunately, when I was on Howard Stern, I outed one of them because I was mad. I regret doing that because I was certainly using my life as a weapon to hurt him. Um, and I shouldn't have done that. That's not fair to anybody um, because I don't want the world to weaponize me. Would you, is there something about, and a lot of things happened in the whirlwind with, in the media between, um, you know, the media reporting that he was, he had some sort of relationship with you to the outing, the, the planning to out you as intersex, causing you to out yourself to other interactions you had publicly. Is there anything within all of the stuff under the Michael umbrella in the media or your public reactions, there's something you would have done differently or not done? Yeah, I should have gone home to my father and said nothing and let this all blow over. So not making that post. So whatever the media was going to do, it would have happened. It would have been there for a minute, but it would have died because it wouldn't have had any legs to stand on because no one would be corroborating it. Yeah. Unfortunately, I felt this need to defend myself and tell my truth. And that was probably the worst thing I ever did. It was good for me, but at the same time, it wasn't. That's what, that's what I was going to interject with. If you thought it was bad for publicity, but if you felt it was a good thing for you. It felt amazing at first. And then when the National Enquirer article, TMZ, They're all going to make all it shitty, but you getting out. to share your truth sounds like a really like if it happened under different circumstances, it sounds like that would have been a, a great positive freeing experience. It would have been, but unfortunately, because of the headlines and stuff, I felt like I took two steps forward and a hundred backwards. Uh-huh. My immediate reaction was it screwed my. I tried to kill myself almost instantaneously because I didn't know what it would be like to live in a world where people knew knew me. You know, I'd always been a chameleon. I'd always put up facades. And and when you live a lie, you have to tell lies to keep that lie alive. Mm-hmm. And that's never good. And so that's probably why my relationships didn't work, because at the end of the day, there was secrets. There, was, I, there wasn't true intimacy. Now, you divorced number six, then had the relationship with Michael, and then all this, excuse me, stuff happens. Um, when do you meet your current husband? Um, I met him in, when did I meet him? It would have been May of 2018. Okay. How did, and you met him on Tinder as Tinder. well? Um, you were a Tinder I should gal. be a spokesperson for Tinder, for God's <laughs> sakes. It's like, meet an Olympian. <laughs> because it's like, you never know who you're going to meet. <laughs> um, which is the truth. Um, but, at that point, because my life was so public, Tinder was like a filter for me. Sure. Um, because then I could weed, because so many people you wanted- You stayed on Tinder after all that? No, I, oh, okay. I went I off that. and on a million times. <laughs> but all those platforms are whatever somebody wants them to be. Well, how did how did it feel to be dating when you were very clearly in the public eye? I mean- It is, sucked. Do, were you having people recognize you or- All the time. Did you have people not recognize you on Tinder and then like you're chatting and you're like, okay, yeah, but you should fucking know me. Like I'm in the news. That happened like, is too. There a little bit of that. Be like, like you're almost disappointed they haven't heard about it. Be like, what? what do you I mean don't know that I was ever disappointed, but certainly 
people knew who I was okay. because my name was unique. Taylor Leanne Chandler, and it's spelled L-I-A-N-N-E. Sure. So even if you didn't know what I looked like, you you knew that name. Uh-huh. And what I learned was, like, it depended what kind of an event I was at. If I was sitting in a sports bar and people had a chance to look at me long enough, they'd start going, is she famous? How do I know her? Were and then also- sometimes it would click, and then they'd be... But in real life, no one ever reacted inappropriately. On the internet, I've had my life handed to me in a basket. I mean, people that hide behind profiles will say the damnedest shit. Mm -hmm. Strangers hate me. Or why do they hate you? Because they think I betrayed Michael. Uh They think that I tarnished his image. It's like he got the DUI. I just exactly. fucked. I just fucked the guy. What do you want from me? Exactly. <laughs> and then what makes it even harder is the girl he cheated on me with is now who he's married to and has three kids. But now is it is it him cheating on you if you are just in those early stages of courtship where we haven't defined we were a relationship? Vi- oh, we really had clearly talked well, about Well, you said there was no boyfriend girlfriend conversation. As far as that label, but we'd certainly talked about being just with each other. Uh-huh. Um, because I'd gone from using a condom to not using a condom. Oh. And so when all this shit hit the fan, I had to go through that whole thing of getting tested for everything and wondering, am I okay? I said, were, were you okay? or did I was okay. okay. I don't know if you got like swimmer's gonorrhea or something. No. Like okay. Well, um, I had to be okay. Because when I shot going for the gold. Well, I was going to, yeah. Well, you know, they <laughs> test you for everything clear back to your birth. Yeah, you get your, you get your, you get on that pass system for sure. And we can, we can get They to can't that. shoot until that's there. Absolutely. Well, we can, let's get to that then. Uh, you know, so you did, uh, like myself, we, we've both done a porno. Um, but neither of us like quote unquote does porn. Right. But we've both done one. Like it's fun to do a one off. Vivid always would do this. And this is actually how Farrah Abraham also like came to end up doing a porno, the, the teen mom chick. Um, Vivid loves to see a sensational sexual news story and then offer someone some a million dollars. Yeah, it's sometimes a million, sometimes like a hundred grand. Where they always like to just hit someone up with an absurd number just to see if they'll do it for the press. Because at a minimum, Vivid will put out a press release saying they're offering it and they get a news item. And if the person agrees, great, they get another news item. If not, they got free press. And they'll just like they'll offer that's what they like the most is yeah. the free press. Yeah, they'll do that all the time. Bristol Palin, they offer they've they've offered a slew of people and Normally they just turn it down. That's I I, I assume they well that. most normal people do. <laughs> but you well you and Farrah Abraham are uh, a part of a small club of people who have accepted that offer. So Vivid hits you up, I assume. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that like? Because it's not like you you had not done adult entertainment, and I get you know the world. I didn't... worked as an interpreter, sign yeah, language were... <laughs> on the Hill at the White House. You couldn't come up with a more conservative job. Uh, what what's that email like? Um. No, they reached out to my pub. By this point, I had a publicist. Did you use Lainey Spicer? By the way, I did. Okay, I thought I. I, thought I know. You did. I thought you well, did. Well, we love Lainey. I love her. Well, the crazy thing is, I'd met her years before at a penthouse pet of the year party because a girlfriend of mine was in penthouse. Okay. So Lainey was the was the first person that came to mind that could help me maneuver. Ooh, Lainey is fantastic. Uh, we're, we're big fans. And so she said to me, she goes, you need to know your worth. It's, it, you, why, what do you have to lose? So I, I flew out there. They wined and dined me. Um, 
and made me an offer. And initially, I had a lot of stipulations. Okay. And then when I... What were your stipulations? Um, no, like, filming penetration. Like... It would have been like want, a Cinemax after you dark. You wanted to sit. Well, I do not. I, I I did. I have watched it. It's sex, but you don't like. It, there's no like close up of genitalia in it. Like we, there, the shot of the like the the inhumane shot uh, where there's no people. It's just genitals. That's not in that flick. It's not that we can't see you being penetrated, but like you're not seeing it up close, right? Which stood out to me. And that that was by design. Yeah. Um. Because it's truly the story of me and Michael. Okay. It follows our life chronologically. And I may have skipped the uh the the dialogue and narrative portions. But, but. the thing is, <laughs> if you're really into porn, my porn is gonna bore you. Because yeah. it to me it's a love story. It's sure. not I'm not getting gang banged, I'm not getting cream pies, like there's nothing crazy per se about my sex life. It's a very vanilla porn. Now the second film yeah. that hasn't been released takes you to a whole different side of me and Michael. And I don't know why they haven't released it. Okay. Well, how did, uh, how did it feel to do a porno? It was very empowering Yeah, because I had a, I, it felt like the world was questioning my womanhood and I felt like I wanted to prove to them who I was, my uh-huh. body, and God knows you—that's pretty in their face. Sure. And but at the same time, you were requesting for parts of your body to not be like truly displayed. But that was more because of the car accident. Okay, um, it really wasn't about the sex itself. Um, and they agreed to do like old time Hollywood glamour, like. I I didn't want it to be some like gar like the trailer for my movie to me is like a trailer for a legit movie. Yeah. It's beautiful other than the sucking and fucking part. Did you uh pick your male talent? I did. All right. And what made you pick him? Who'd you um, pick and why? Um his stage name is Ty Roderick. He's from Maine. Okay. Um I got to know him before this happened and I liked him. We liked each other. And Vivid made us wait until we filmed to actually have sex, which was very hard because we were around each other and sleeping in the same bed naked before we ever shot the film. Wait, why? Were you all hanging out naked? Because I liked him. Wait, so were you like dating this guy? I don't know that I would say I was dating him, but I definitely liked him. If I would have moved to California, we probably would have dated. Oh, okay. Um, So you picked him just because like you you like the guy, you kind of were crushing on him. Well, he resembled Michael in a crazy kind of way. He was shorter, so- Did they give you like a list of talent to choose from or? They sent me a lot of- possibilities okay and then there was a lot of people volunteering (laughs) um and he's not as tall so he's actually standing on apple cartons in the photos of us together (laughs) to look taller because michael's six six four four. yeah i don't i don't like that i know he's six four but for some reason that piece of info is in my brain and they wanted their penises to be comparable 
And so Ty is maybe a little bigger. So but... you went through like a through like just a gallery of cocks to be like, which one looks like which one looks like it could hold gold medals on it the most? Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it's funny because in an interview I said I was the breakfast of champions. <laughs> and that's so literal. Um I don't know. A lot of people find fault with porn, and it certainly hurt my image. It made it so I couldn't be an interpreter anymore. Oh. Um, and I resented Michael for that. I blamed him because I felt like if he was at the casino that day, he'd been gambling, drinking beer and water. He really didn't realize he was drunk, too drunk to drive. He uh-huh. lives like a mile and a half from Horseshoe. And when he got behind the wheel, he was down like, 22 23,000 he was pissed off and that is why he was speeding and i felt guilt because i was supposed to be there that night but i was working on the hill the next morning and to get from baltimore to dc one bridge not the answer to the question mm. so he ended up gambling and being there because i wasn't there that night and i felt guilt over that um but i've since learned there's been many duis that because of who he is, they let him go. Naturally, yeah. That uh, that does come with celebrity and being an American, quote-unquote, hero or whatever that is. And like I said, you know, because of the way the relationship, quote-unquote, ended, it was stuck in this euphoric state of what could have been. Yeah. And so... And then with all the media, and you start to believe the headlines yourself. And so I really liked him a lot. I was falling for him. Uh-huh. But it makes me uncomfortable to say I loved him, whether I did or not, because he didn't handle things correctly. Uh-huh. Well, you know, well, it seems like, uh, you know, he may or may not have been philandering around for years. You, you made a post that like a year or two later being like, man, Michael's been fucking this person and this person and this that dog walker. That was one walker. of my best. Like, <laughs> I, I love that. It, who was it? Bleacher Report that said I went full scorch earth on you him. did. Uh, I, and I, I went through every single girlfriend and why that relationship ended and who was wh- the reason. But what made you make such a post? I mean, this is now a couple years angry. later. Why were you angry? Because... It sucked that two years later, people still questioned my authenticity or the validity of my relationship with him. Of like it whether was so or not hard it happened. for people yeah. to believe that he would be with me. Which is bonkers because to me, like you are, uh, you know, Grand, like we we are both very dressed down tonight. Like we are <laughs> in a relaxed state. But you know, I've I've seen you. I, you looked, um, you look like a walking Snapchat filter. Like you are just, you know, you seem what like you seem like a rich wife. Like you, you, I've People always people always say I look like a real which, housewife, which is why I I don't doubt that. Like you've been with some athletes or gotten athletes' attention because I go like you look like the rich wife from Dallas. I'm five eight blonde. You look like. Boots. Yeah, you look like you're married to a Dallas Cowboy. Like that's just your general vibe that I always got off of you. Um, and so you were, but Michael didn't do anything in particular. You just kind of got pissed and just scorched earth. It hurt that he didn't acknowledge me publicly. So, yeah, but why two years later are you making because such the, a grandiose? The reason thing? for that was he was going to the Olympics, so it dragged all the stories up again. Uh huh. Okay. Because in 
what was it, summer 2016? Something like that, he, that, yeah. That he went to the Olympics, and so it all came up again. Everybody wanted to interview me. Everybody had a story. And it just like reinvented all the hurt. And I still was suffering because I lost my career over sure. being outed in that relationship. And people were like, why can't you work? I Because I can't. No one will hire me. So why... why the I understand doing some sort of post out of anger and frustration. Why dump all these other women into it? Because it's always easier to blame the woman. Uh, even if you're doing it yourself. Mm -hmm. Is that something you do? You, how do you feel about that post now? Um, I, I said not too long ago that I realized that we both did wrong and I owed him an apology for not being honest with him. Honest with him about? My life in general. Um, and that post where I came out, I ended it with something along the lines of, I'm sorry that I didn't love any of you enough to, to be honest. Uh -huh. And that was a real moment. And Any of who? My exes. Gotcha, okay. The men in my life. And, you know, and... People think I was trying to capitalize on him and do all these things. I was trying to survive at that point. And then it's a very much a catch-22. If if I don't promote my books and videos, I don't get residuals. Sure. If I promote that stuff, I get checks every month. And if you don't even do the books and videos, you don't get to work. I mean, in part, I, I'm curious how much um, the Michael story has to do with the work as much doing the porn. Not that I think that's bad to do the porn. Like I said, I did one too. It was very empowering. Like, I'm, I'm just, I don't even like yeah. porn. I didn't watch porn. Right. It It's so ironic that I did porn because I was my grandmother's child. I, I really hated anything that objectified women, but I needed the world to see me as the person that he liked and uh -huh. wanted. Well, I'll tell yeah. you certain things that prompted me. When he got engaged, uh -huh. I went off. When she announced she was pregnant, I almost lost my fucking mind. Sure. You know, she's not stupid. She knows who he is. Uh -huh. um, she was securing herself for life. But also, at the end of the day, especially a couple years removed, What's it to you is what I would think. Because I, the way we ended, there was never closure. Sure. But what? But my thought is seeing him happy with someone else. Hurts. Hurts. It hurts. Yeah. Seeing another woman give him a child was like a knife going through my heart. When you see him getting engaged and getting pregnant, I mean, are you seeing someone else have a life that you were like? But that should have been me. It, absolutely. But the reality is knowing him, things that I learned about him after the fact, we probably would have broken up over 5 million other reasons, oh. but maybe we wouldn't have. Like the weekend that night, bef the weekend following him getting the DUI, he was coming to Virginia to meet my friends. We were having a game night. He was flying home to Maine with me in October for my cousin's wedding. Mm. So when people act like, I was just a side chick or a bang or all the, it, it was not the case, mm -hmm. not even close. And I mean, 
I made him wait. We spent plenty of time together where we didn't do anything. He damn sure tried. It does seem like a silver lining out of everything. Is uh, It seems like the relationship with the, the brief relationship with Michael and it becoming public was the only reason you came out as intersex. Right. And you being out as intersex seems to have led to you being in a more advocacy role. Yeah. And that seems like a silver lining of all of this is you have now found yourself working in a space um, doing very positive things. I needed to do that to survive. Okay. I was at such a low point. Um, you know, I went from a size six to a zero. I ended up in the, I relapsed. The changes I went through after that were awful. I have borderline personality disorder, okay. which means that I become basically what anybody wants me to be. Mm. So whatever you fall in love with or like about me when you meet me, I will start changing to what you like. It's sort of like the runaway bride. Whoever she dated, that's how she liked her eggs. That's borderline. And then rejection and abandonment are the ultimate kills. And that's so prevalent in a relationship setting. And then when you become famous, it's feeding all this attention. And then when 100 people could compliment me, that one negative comment's the only one I hear. Sure. The one and person not I laughing. I read the comments. I don't anymore. Uh. That was the most toxic thing I ever did. And then when I dated after Michael, those relationships became public. And how they ended were public. It just, it became hideous. Uh. So when I met Matthew, I made sure he knew who I was. I made him Google. He didn't want to Google me, but I didn't think he understood just how much information was out there. And when I Googled myself, he was like, whoa. But he needed that whoa moment because I didn't want to start getting invested in somebody. And then, you know, he had two kids. He works for Secret Service. There was so many things that could get caught up in my world. Does he still work for a secret service? He does. So is someone listening to us right now? Probably. Okay. Where's the bug? I just want to know. <laughs> um, he's had to answer for things I've done. Yeah. And, you know, there's been interviews where they wanted to interview him. He can't say anything really other than about me. Yeah. Um, and he gets, he doesn't like it when I'm, vocal about the administration and things I don't like because that's his boss. You don't you don't like this administration? No. Well thank God. I read somewhere uh you can also tell me that if this is also a dirty rumor, but I heard you were a registered Republican. I am. <laughs> I but, Hey my mother is too and she also hates the guy. But that's how I was raised. When yeah. I was eighteen and got my driver's license. You know you can change it, right? I know, but <laughs> I don't know why I don't. I think it's because it keeps me attached okay. to my grandparents. Okay. Um, I don't typically vote Republican. I can't vote in the primaries because I don't care about the Republican sure. people. Um, I met Trump years ago. I met him <laughs> at an air carrier for a charity function, and he offered my girlfriend thousands of dollars to sleep with him. And he was an asshole. Was, was Just your... like he is now, he was then. How long ago was this? This would have been like 2007. Yeah. What What was that interaction like? Like what? Like is he? Was he proposition 
her in front of you, or did she just tell you after the fact? No, I was standing right there. And what did he say? He was like, she's beautiful, don't get me wrong. She's Thai and American Indian. She's drop-dead gorgeous. I can't say her name because sure. she has a good life, a husband, kids now, and I would never want to do anything to interrupt her life. But um, he literally walked up and he's like, I want you. No, he said, I got you. I got you. And then he's like, what would it take to have you? And she started giggling. And next thing you know, he's offering thousands of dollars. But she found him repulsive. <laughs> Naturally. Um, well, a lot of women, we all have a price. Sure, me too. I've, I've got a price. God knows I wish I fucked that ugly motherfucker because I'd be sitting pretty right now. But the main reasons I don't like the administration are legit. Sure. He wants to erase me. Sure. He wants to make it so I don't have access to healthcare. Uh, he wants it so I have no protections in the workplace. He wants to make it so I can't serve in the military. Not that I want to, but that I couldn't. Uh-huh. And he wants to rip people's lives apart. He doesn't even want me to be able to pee in peace. I don't know what most people do in the bathroom, but I pee and get out. And people that are so hung up on the bathroom thing, think about your house. Men and women go in the bathroom. Kids, you know, if you're worried about your kid, go to the bathroom with them. But I can assure you, mad trans women are not molesting children. But were you so activisty before no. all this stuff happened? No, and and that's why that's why I say by a silver well, lining to I, all of this seems to be that you it may have flipped some sort of switch, and even if you say like you had to do it because you couldn't get this job and this job, and you can be a face for intersex, that it still seems like that was that's a positive. It still seems like you are. It is now, but I couldn't see the forest through the trees yeah. in the beginning, like. That's an I got an emerging leadership award. It's on the end yeah. last year um, from my work. And, you know, I'm part of the organizing team for the National Trans Visibility March. Uh-huh. I'm the chair for Flux, which is part of AHF. Like, I've done good things and I've used my quote unquote fame to do good. But I did it initially because I needed something to believe in and to feel like humanity hadn't forgotten about me um and part of it was i just needed to heal and so by volunteering and giving back and dealing with lgbtq youth that were homeless i realized i didn't have it so bad was there anything you learned entering this activist space that you didn't know before um basically that just America as a whole is so oblivious to life and science and they're so brought up in a certain way to believe certain things that have no basis in fact. Um, You know, strangers hate me for the weirdest reasons. You know, I don't know what my sexuality, my gender, what's between my legs, who I date has any impact on their life. I don't get it. I don't get it. But we're all judgmental in some way, shape, or form. I do understand that. Um, I mean, there's even within our community, there's hiccups. Um, But 
at the end of the day, my goal is to champion for people like me. And living in D.C., predominantly the people I'm championing for are my black and brown brothers and sisters. It's not white women. People don't respect little black girls. They don't value their life. You know, they go missing. It's not an HLN story as quickly. Right. Yeah. And trans women of color that are being murdered, people don't care. Yeah. So it continues to happen. And they need to care because no one deserves to die for living their truth, whatever that is. Yeah. That's just not how life should be. Very well said. Well, uh, Taylor, um, two brief questions. Uh, like logistic questions. Do you mind if we do a little? I'm so curious about the 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 seven husbands. Kit, are you cool if we do like a like a bonus, uh, like a, a lightning round bonus episode uh, where we just like run through these seven x? Ex- sure. Ex- okay. Um, I I wrote down some like basic questions to get through them more efficiently. Okay. Um, but like I said, I'm so curious. Uh, you currently are the person I know with the most uh, ex husbands. Um, well, uh, Taylor, thank you for chatting with me. Thank you for being so open. And uh, where can people find you and find the work that you're doing today? Currently, I work in advocacy for nonprofits in D.C., um, but to find me is simple. I'm Real Taycha TLC on most social media. Um, real that, real Tay. Because it's my, it's, yeah, yeah. it's I, the first three of my first You said name, it a little quickly. Name, I'm just, I'm slowing it down for initials. people. <laughs> um, but you can always go to taylorleannchandler.com and everything's there with links to everything. Um, it's not as up to date these days just because I don't do much outside the advocacy realm. But um, for the most part, that's the way to find me. The work I do in DC is exclusive to DC, but at the same time, it changes policy nationwide. Okay. I mean, I'm not just doing work here. Okay. And uh, I'll have a link for all that in the show notes. Is there a particular organization you want to, uh, people should be paying attention to? Or if people want to learn more about intersex, do you have a particular organization you like? I would tell people that the best way they can help is to donate to these organizations mm-hmm. like Wanda Alston Foundation, Smile, um, Capital Pride, We the People, which is May is All About Trans. Um, the organization I work for is more about ending the epidemic of HIV and AIDS, but we certainly could use your support. So it's us helping us, people into living. Um, there's Doing good work makes you feel good. I'm selfish. I like feeling good. <laughs> well, uh, ch- everybody, check out the show notes for our links to some of those organizations and to Taylor's uh, social media. Patreon people, tomorrow, $5 and up, folk. You're going to hear a uh, bonus episode. We're going to learn more about the uh, the seven husbands. Uh, but for now, Taylor, why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Have a great day. <laughs> What a fucking story. And let me tell you, she has even more to share in tomorrow's bonus episode uh, about Michael. And we'll say uh, we we learn what he was packing downstairs. Let's just say that Uh, in tomorrow's bonus episode where she also tells us about all of her seven ex-husbands. That's available tomorrow at patreon.com slash man whore podcast. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash man whore podcast 
Uh, be sure to be following me over on the social medias. We're doing Man Whore March Madness on my Instagram at BillyIsPresida. I'm still uh, spouting off funny stuff on Twitter at TheBillyPresida. And I'm sharing uh, important and interesting articles about sex and dating and love during this coronavirus age. I'm sharing links to fun stories about that uh, on the Man Whore Podcast Facebook fan page. Uh, and gosh, that's where I would love to connect with you. As always, you can email me your comments, your questions, your criticisms, your nudie pictures to manhorpod at gmail.com. I do hope you will uh, join our fan whore community in time for our six-year anniversary on April 16th. Uh, you know, if I could see 600 members there on my six-year anniversary, gosh, that would really make my fucking day. That would, uh, that would really make my quarantine. Hope you can help us make that happen. I think we got we to gotta amend the sign-off uh, this week in light of things. Don't stay slutty. Uh, and what's Michael working with? I just feel like there's people who want to know. He's blessed. <laughs>